Application Layer We are now at the top layer of our four-layer model that governs the design of the current Internet. The transport layer makes use of the Internet work and link layers to reliably deliver a message or stream of data across the Internet. The application layer is both a source and destination of these messages. The simplest and most common examples of networked applications would be a web browser or a mail reading application. It is important to understand that two parts are required for a networked application to function. The architecture for a networked application is called client-server. The server portion of the application runs somewhere on the Internet and has the information that users want to view or interact with. The client portion of the application makes connections to the server application, retrieves information, and shows it to the user. These applications use the transport layer on each of their computers to exchange data. Client-server applications to browse a web address like www.kanacademy.org. You must have a web application running on your computer. When you type an address into your web browser, it connects to the appropriate web server, retrieves pages for you to view, and then shows you the pages. The web browser on your computer sends a request to connect to www.kanacademy.org. Your computer looks up the domain name to find the corresponding IP address for the server and makes a transport connection to that IP address, then begins to request data from the server over that network connection. When the data is received, the web browser shows it to you. Sometimes web browsers display a small animated icon to let you know that the data is being retrieved across the network. On the other end of the connection is another application called a web server. The web server program is always up and waiting for incoming connections. So when you want to see a web page, you are connecting to a server application that is already running and waiting for your connection. In a sense, the transport, internet work, and link layers along with the domain name system, are like a phone network for networked applications. They dial up different server applications on the network and have conversations with those applications to exchange data. Application layer protocols, just like people talking on telephones. Each pair of network applications needs a set of rules that govern the conversation. In most cultures, when your phone rings and you pick up the phone you say hello. Normally the person who made the call, the client person, is silent until the person who picked up the phone, the server person, says hello. If you have ever called someone who does not follow this simple rule, it can be quite confusing. You probably would assume that the phone call was not working. Hang up and retry the call. A set of rules that govern how we communicate is called a protocol. The definition of the word protocol is a rule which describes how an activity should be performed, especially in the field of diplomacy. The idea is that in formal situations, we should behave according to a precise set of rules. We use this word to describe networked applications, because without precise rules, applications have no way to establish and manage a conversation. Computers like precision, application protocols. Many different networked applications are found in the application layer and it is important that each networked application have a well-documented protocol so that all servers and clients can interoperate. Some of these protocols are intricate and complex. The protocol that describes how a web browser communicates with a web server is described in a number of large documents starting with this document, https colon slash slash tools slash html slash rfc 7230 the formal name of the protocol between web clients and web servers is the hypertext transport protocol or http for short when you put http or https 
On the beginning of a URL that you type into the browser, you are indicating that you would like to retrieve a document using the HTTP protocol. If you were to read the above document, and go to section 5, 3, 2 on page 41, you find the exact text of what a web client is supposed to send to a web server. Get HTTP, colon slash slash, www.example.org, slash pub, slash www, slash the project. .html HTTP 1.1 One of the reasons that the HTTP is so successful is that it is relatively simple compared to most client-server protocols. Even though the basic use of HTTP is relatively simple, there is a lot of detail that allows web clients and servers communicate efficiently and transfer a wide range of information and data. Six different documents describe the HTTP protocol, in a total of 305 pages, that might seem like a lot of detail. But the key in designing protocols is to think through all possible uses of the protocol and describe each scenario carefully. Exploring the HTTP protocol. In this section we will manually exercise the HTTP protocol by pretending to be a web browser and sending HTTP commands to a web server to retrieve data. To play with the HTTP protocol, we will use one of the earliest applications ever built. The Telnet application was first developed in 1968 and was developed according to one of the earliest standards for the Internet, https colon slash slash tools dot ietf dot org slash html slash rfc15. This standard is only five pages long and at this point, you probably can easily read and understand most of what is in the document. The Telnet command is so old that it is effectively a dinosaur as it comes from prehistoric times in terms of the age of the Internet. The Internet was created in 1985 by the NSFNet project and the precursor to the NSFNet called the ARPANET was brought up in 1969. Telnet was designed and built even before the first TCP/IP network was in production. Interestingly, the Telnet command is still present in most modern operating systems. You can access Telnet from the terminal, command line, in Macintosh and Linux. The Telnet command was also present in Windows 95 through Windows XP, but is not included in later versions of Windows. If you have a later version of Windows, you can download and install a Telnet client so you can do the examples in this section. Telnet is a simple application. You run Telnet from the command line, or terminal, and type the following command. Telnet www.dr-chuck.com80 The first parameter is the domain name. An IP address would work here as well and a port to connect to on that host. We use the port to indicate which application server we would like to connect to. Port 80 is where we typically expect to find an HTTP web server application on a host. If there is no web server listening on port 80, our connection will time out and fail. But if there is a web server, we will be connected to that web server and whatever we type on our keyboard will be sent directly to the server. At this point, we need to know the HTTP protocol and type the commands precisely as expected. If we don't know the protocol, the web server will not be too friendly. Here is an example of things not going well. What you type is in bold. Telnet www.dr-chuck.com 80 trying 198-251-6643. Connected to www.dr-chuck.com. Escape character is cap. Help exclamation point doc type HTML public IETF DTD HTML 2.0 N HTML head title 501 method not implemented title body HTML connection closed by foreign host 
We type the Telnet command in the terminal requesting a connection to port 80, the web server, on the host www.dr-chuck.com. You can see as our transport layer is looking up the domain name, finding that the actual address is 198-251-6643, and then making a successful connection to that server. Once we are connected, the server waits for us to type a command followed by the enter or return key. Since we don't know the protocol, we type help and enter. The server is not pleased, and gives us an error message and then closes the connection. We do not get a second chance. If we do not know the protocol, the web server does not want to talk to us. But let's go back and read section 5, 3, 2 of the RFC 7230 document and try again to request a document using the correct syntax. Telnet www.dr-chuck.com 80 trying 198-251-6643 Connected to www.dr-chuck.com Escape character is cap Get http colon slash slash www.dr-chuck.com slash page 1 dot htm http 1.0 HTTP slash 1.1200 OK last modified, Sunday, January 19, 2014 14 hours, 25 minutes, and 43 seconds GMT content length, 131 content type, text HTML, H1, the first page, H1, P, if you like, you can switch to the, RF equals HTTP, colon slash slash, www.dr-chuck.com slash page 2, dot htm, second page, a, uh, p, connection closed by foreign host, we make the connection to the web browser again using telnet, then we send a get command that indicates which document we want to retrieve, we use version 1.0 of the http protocol because it is simpler than http 1.1, then we send a blank line by pressing return or enter to indicate we are done with our request, hacking http by hand, since we have sent the proper request, the host responds first with a series of headers describing the document, followed by a blank line, then it sends the actual document, the headers communicate metadata, data about data, about the document that we have asked to retrieve, for example, the first line contains a status code, in this example a status code of 200 means that things went well, a status code of 404 in the first line of the headers indicates that the requested document was not found. A status code of 403 indicates that the document has moved to a new location. This is a hypertext markup language, HTML, document, so it is marked up with tags like, H1, N, P. When your browser receives the document in HTML format, it looks at the markup in the document and presents you a formatted version of the document. The IMAP protocol for retrieving mail, the HTTP protocol is only one of many client-server application protocols used on the Internet. Another common protocol is used so that a mail application running on your computer can retrieve mail from a central server. Since your personal computer might not be turned on at all times, when mail is sent to you it is sent to a server and stored on that server until you turn on your computer and retrieve any new email. Like many application standards, the Internet Message Access Protocol, IMAP, is described in a series of requests for comment, RFC. Documents starting with this RFC, https colon slash slash tools dot ietf dot org slash html slash rfc 3501. IMAP is a more complicated protocol than the web protocol so we won't be able to use the Thelnet command to fake the protocol. 
but if you were going to develop a mail reading application, you could carefully read this document and develop code to have a successful conversation with a standards compliant IMAP server. Here is a simple example from section 6, 3, 1 of the above document showing what the client, C, sends and how the server, S, responds, C, A142 select inbox S, 172 exists S, 1 recent S, OK, unseen 12, message 12 is first unseen S, OK, boot validity 3857529045, UIDs valid S, OK. Ood next 4392, predicted next UIDS, flags, answered flag deleted scene draft, S, OK, permanent flags, deleted scene, limited S, A142 OK, read write, select completed, the messages that are sent by the client and server are not designed to be viewed by an end user so they are not particularly talkative. These messages are precisely formatted and are sent in a precise order so that they can be generated and read by networked computer applications on each end of the connection. Flow control. When we looked at the transport layer, we talked about the window size which was the amount of data that the transport layer on sending computer will send before pausing to wait for an acknowledgement. Buffering in the transport layer. In this figure, we see a message, broken into packets with some of the packets sent and acknowledged. Six packets have been sent but not yet acknowledged and the sending transport layer has reached the limit of the transmit window so it is pausing until it receives an acknowledgement from the receiving computer's transport layer. The receiving transmit layer has received three packets, one of which is out of order. When we were looking at this example before from the point of view of the transport layer, we ignored where the packets to be sent were coming from and where the packets were going to in the receiving computer. Now that we are looking at the application layer, we can add the two applications that are the source and the destination of the stream of data. Let's assume the web browser has made a transport connection to the web server and has started downloading an image file. The web server has opened the image file and is sending the data from the file to its transport layer as quickly as possible. But the transport layer must follow the rules of window size, so it can only send a certain amount of data at a time. When the window fills up, the web server is paused until the transport layer on the destination computer has started to receive and acknowledge packets. Window size. As the transport layer on the destination computer starts to receive packets, reconstruct the stream of data, and acknowledge packets, it delivers the reconstructed stream of packets to the web browser application display on the user's screen. Sometimes on a slow connection you can see your browser paint pictures as the data is downloaded. On a fast connection the data comes so quickly that the pictures appear instantaneously. If we redraw our picture of packets in the transport layer, adding both of the application layers where the packets are in the middle of an image, now it looks like this. Buffering in the application and transport layers, the web server is reading the image file and sending it as a stream to the web browser as quickly as it can send the data. The source transport layer has broken the stream into packets and used IP to send the packets to the destination computer. The transport layer has sent six packets and has stopped sending because it has reached its window size and paused the web server. Three of those six packets have made it to the transport layer on the destination computer and three of the packets are still making their way across the internet. As the destination transport layer pieces the stream back together, it both sends an acknowledgement and delivers the data to the receiving application, the web browser. The web browser reconstructs the image and displays it on the user's display as the data is received. A key thing to notice in this picture is that the transport layers do not keep the packets for the entire file. They only retain packets that are in transit and unacknowledged. 
Once packets are acknowledged and delivered to the destination application, there is no reason for either the source or destination transport layer to hold on to the packets. When the acknowledgement flows back from the destination computer to the source computer, the transport layer on the source computer on pauses the web server application and the web server continues to read data from the file and send it to the source transport layer for transmission. This ability to start and stop the sending application to make sure we send data as quickly as possible without sending data so fast to clog up the internet is called flow control. The applications are not responsible for flow control. They just try to send or receive data as quickly as possible and the two transport layers start and stop the applications as needed based on the speed and reliability of the network. Once again, we see a higher level layer that uses the capabilities of the lower layer in the model to make its job much simpler. Summary, the entire purpose of the lower three layers, transport, internet work, and link, is to make it so that applications running in the application layer can focus on solving the application problem that needs to be solved and leave virtually all of the extreme complexity of moving data across a network to be handled by the lower layers of the network model. Because this approach makes it so simple to build networked applications, we have seen a wide range of networked applications including web browsers, mail applications, networked video games, network-based telephony applications, and many others. And what is even more exciting is that it is easy to experiment and build whole new types of networked applications that solve problems that have not yet been imagined. This is a chapter from the book titled Introduction to Internet Technology written by Charles R. Severance. This material is currently in draft and is copyright all rights reserved. When the book is complete and published, the author will change the copyright to be Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial. Please contact the author of the book at ccef at umich.edu if you have any questions or comments regarding the book.